be shift boss. Okay, radio check. Yeah, radio's working fine. Yeah, copy all personnel. Yeah, copy, mate. Did a tear in the vent bag. Yeah, stitch her up there, thanks, mate. Yeah, right, eh? Copy that. Oh, welcome again, lads. I hate the awkward intro. It's all awkward, <laughs> isn't it? We've been talking <laughs> bloody ages. Particularly. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to start off with the, um, the soothe, your soothing song voice, TK? Well, uh, I think it's only appropriate I sing Hey There, Georgia Girl uh, with Judith Durham passing away during the week. So can you turn the mics off and we can get, we can get started. <laughs> what about Olivia? Or Olivia, or clearly Olivia, what an icon. Yeah, well, that can be in the um, the paid version. <laughs> the subscribers only. <laughs> the, TK, the voice of an angel. <laughs> Judith Durham's more your era, TK. <laughs> right. I think we've got a bloody, I've got a, a list, an actual list today, kindly sent through by Andy. There's been, it's actually all all happening at the moment, yeah. And I think, and we've got that much to go through. I think we're going to have to bloody kick the old macro to the side for the start. Oh, oh, oh you, you may as well get some lunch. <laughs> Jeez, I was all prepared. Do, oh, no, do it, do it. Then we can. Chew, I, we can I'll do the oh, short version. Short version. Short. Okay. Inflation. I was, so, only, yeah, I was but, only joking. I just wanted to see your reaction. <laughs> well, the the, uh, the highlight of my week has been the. Uh, U.S. inflation figures that came out last <laughs> night, Matt, which shows how exciting my life is. <laughs> but what the uh, what the uh, Federal Reserve concentrates on is the uh, core inflation number, which is uh, less food and energy. And with the oil price coming down, as it has over the last month or so, the core rate remained unchanged at 5.9%. So... This is sort of what the this is you know everyone's focused on this uh, CPI number as a trigger to uh, uh, what the Fed's going to do next with interest rates. So as a result of that, market went berserk last night. Um, we've seen the expectations of the rate rise have they haven't been eradicated, but they've now gone from a seventy-five basis point rise to a fifty basis point rise. So you know, just a bit of a yeah. So they predicted the predicted next rise fifty. Yeah, yeah, will be half yeah. a percent. Yeah, uh, not not uh, three quarters. So you know, I think that's good. But you, you know, at the end of the day, inflation's still above their well and truly above their target level. So uh, we're going to keep on and seeing. Um, uh, interest rate rises as these sort of inflation numbers come through, but at least we've seen, you know, perhaps we've seen peak cycle uh, for the moment, which is encouraging, and the market took that in its stride. You would really see the market rally on an eight and a half percent CPI number, wouldn't you? But that's what it is. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's you? right. That's that reality, and yeah. you'd expect to see a whole high gold price on the back of that inflation number, uh, uh, which we, you know, disappointingly haven't seen. So, you know, perhaps it might need to see. You know, we don't think the market's sort of pricing what's happening in the uh, South China Sea with Taiwan and and so on. So, you know, the he- it seems to be everything points towards a high gold price. It just hasn't happened. So maybe a catalyst like, uh, you know, some action in Taiwan might might kick that off, but it's also going to drive the oil price, which is going to drive inflation. So it's Or it's, a Jake Klein speech. Well, well uh, we yeah, talk about that. Yeah. They bring it on. So yeah. anyhow, that's the short version. You know, I think there's still some... Uh, underlying headwinds there for the markets, you know, with regard to uh, 
productivity and labor costs in the US, which will definitely, um, you know, we're going to still going to see volatility. But hey, you know, good to see a dampening of that CPI number and the market supported it. So do you um, still hold your view from last episode? This is a bit of a sucker's rally, the I, GDP numbers in I a couple personally, of months. You know, perhaps I'm a bit bloody, you know, glass half empty, but I do. Uh, you know, you've seen the S&P 500 sort of lost 20 percent. It's now put 15 on. Um, I, I, you know, personally think you should be creating a bit of liquidity to um, take advantage of the next pullback, which I think will be driven by, you know, uh, GDP numbers out of the US and, and, and much of the same that we've been talking about. So, uh, I, yeah, I'm still very cautious. Any rebuttals, gentlemen, or are we going with TW's consensus? TW's is <laughs> generally, generally on the know. money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll make something up here. No, I, I, I think he's generally on the money, and I agree. I think this is a little blip last night. I think the uh, you know there's still higher interest rates to 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 come. So uh, perhaps cautions the uh, the uh, the name of the game just at this point in time. Isn't it funny look, looking at the interest rate rises that um, half a percent is the smaller version? Like yeah. we've just yeah. rapidly gone to this seventy five basis point bloody is the norm, and hence why there because isn't there an inquiry going into the fair the RBA? Yes, the, and yeah, there is. Is it a correct. Royal Commission-y sort of thing or just a, well, a separate uh, an inquiry? It's a separate inquiry. I don't think it's a Royal Commission. Who, yeah. who runs this inquiry? Who's in on this? Well, I've appointed some Canadian Yeah. Uh, oh, so it's fully independent. Supposedly yeah, independent. Independent. To have yeah. a look at the makeup of the board on the view that where you're putting out saying, you know, no interest rate rises to 2024 yeah. and we're halfway through 22 and and what have we go. got? And they've got, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, already at two and a half. Insider yeah. trading. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the reverse? <laughs> Outside trading. Right, so the bloody big one, the big one of the week. Labyrinth, no, just joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Matt, yeah. Matt, Ma Matt Michael's ethical podcast here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Oz Minerals, BHP. Uh, very, very interesting. Yeah, look, uh, very yeah, interesting. I've, uh, I've uh, even written notes on this. We can. This is going to be an episode in itself. Um, oh. Well, what, what? The biggest disappointment out of that is we own some Oz minerals, which uh, uh, TK said we should have we sold on Friday, which we did, and then a bid came out on Monday. So, <laughs> no, I have to take the rap for that one. So hence, but, hence but unemployed. What it does highlight, and Andy, you comment on this, uh, but. You know, BHP have been looking around the world for copper assets yeah. and they've come back to Australia and they've come back to the number one producer in Oz Minerals. And, uh, you know, their, their first crack across the board is 25 bucks a share. I, you know, uh, Oz have come back and rejected that offer, that bid, sorry. And uh, so I think you'll see a high, you know, potentially a high bid because I think, you know, after doing a global search, they've come back to Oz Minerals. Um, which shows you, you know, just the shortage of quality copper assets out there. So um, I, I reckon watch this space with regard to that. Bid. Well, if they get a second bid, um, don't feel too bad because I sold my Oz Minerals after the bid. I'm like, well, because if, oh, well if, mm -hmm. if the takeover gets withdrawn, yep. that, I'm like, well, I'm just going to take the money on the table no, while it's yeah, here. But, cool. but, it's, um, but cool. there's so much more to... Like there's been obviously a lot of articles from a lot of sources this week about yep. why... This is, makes sense, and it all comes seems to come back to Olympic Dam, yep. which is a massive, yep. by the sounds, a massive underperformer. Yep. So CEO in twenty eighteen said that it's not of BHP. Well, he wasn't the he was the 
Australian Minerals Executive yep. for BHP. Yeah, said it's not a BHP asset. Not, yeah. a, not of BHP scale because I think yep. it was running at 3 to 4% margin back then. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, well, Andy, let, let's get into the crux of it because there's a lot about the old Olympic Dam side of things and why. what's your views of it all? I've got it written here if you need me to sub it. No, well, they, well, they cl- like as Olympic Dam has been underperforming, Oz Minerals have done a great job in getting, you know, pro- uh, Prominent Hill and Carapatina um, ramping up there sort of thing. They, I think everyone acknowledged Andrew Cole's done an outstanding job, um, you know, cutting costs. People, you know, you forget Oz Minerals was $3 in 2016. So yeah. to come in here at, uh, you know, five years later and, uh, you know, $25 cash bid from BHP. Uh, they I were trading at $29. Yeah, so, so that's a thing. So, so, so you know, they've you. taken up, you know, advantage of, you know the copper price coming down and the global volatility in the in, in the markets to to lob this bid and you know the reality is that I think um, you know they're going to have to come back with a high bid. Uh, it's very hard for a board to say. Well, you know, six months ago, you know, our stock was trading at twenty eight, twenty nine dollars. Here, except a twenty five cash bid because the whole world's fundamentally changed. They've still got you know Oz Mineral still got great growth projects. You know that they're talking about looking at increasing copper certainly in. Musgrave Mineral up, up in the Musgrave when they took over Cassini and also over in um, over in Brazil where, when they took over Avanco and you know that not that they're a huge part of the portfolio at the moment but they certainly could be and they think they can leverage off you know their their Brazilian experience and do some other deals with Vale but uh, yeah I mean I'm I'm not you know the nuts and cr- bolts of uh, why it makes sense for Olympic Dam, you'd probably need to speak to a full-time BHP analyst on the different ore types. And, so uh, it's this lo- low sulphur and high sulphur content, isn't it? Isn't that the well, – And uranium the the And uranium, yeah. yes. Yeah. And, and, and really just how you're blending lower, it. Lower, very much lower uranium content than OD. And then by the sense, the whole, the whole chain of Olympic Dam is because of the uranium. So – Prominent Hill can export yeah. a concentrate. BHP can't because it's got too much bloody it's got uranium. Too, yeah. yep. Yep. And Prominent Hill uh, avoiding stoping areas that have high uranium content. Yep. So by the sounds of doing this, they can just blend it all and blend it all through. But I suppose the other interesting thing was the rejection from the board, which was pretty much automatic, wasn't it? Yeah. Straight away. So mm. um, without even giving them due diligence yeah. or anything it was going an into a process. Bid. Yeah. 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 Unsolicited yeah. bid. Um, what does that mean? What's unsolicited? Oh, bid they mean? didn't consult. Didn't consult. They just said yeah, yeah, smack bang. On the but, table, but, it but just, you'd think they've got a bit up their sleeve, definitely. Yeah, and they're, not, they're yeah. not the only ones, obviously. So, and it's just so difficult to find, you know, copper assets in first world mm. jurisdictions. So, it's a real problem. It's a problem for us. It's a problem for investors generally. I, I'm just looking at the if they're going to because the geography. I'd say you got prominent Olympic Dam is in the middle of prominent hill and Carapatina. Yep, a shitload of bloody ore coming out, and if they're going to blend this and process it all at Olympic Dam, that is a shitload of uh, haulage. Yeah. For a lot of ore, I yep. would assume. So there'd be some, um, you would imagine there'd be a bit of infrastructure to go in to make that possible. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, as I said, I, I, I don't cover BHP, so, I'm, you know, the nuts and bolts of it all. But no doubt, uh, you know, they don't do these, you know, they don't spend $8 billion or $9 billion lightly, so uh, they would have done thorough DD mm. on, 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 on available information and know the asset. Really well, and uh, and I suppose the other thing is, you know, the, um, their round oak discovery that was sort of a bit of hype probably 18 months ago around that area, you know, whether that hasn't stacked up as well as they were probably hoping from those initial drill holes, and it's been pretty quiet since then. I mean, it's rare that you see BHP actually putting out expiration results, which they did 
on Round Oak a couple of years ago sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think there's a long way to go in this um, and I think uh, yeah, if you're a betting man, you'd say that they would have to come back with a higher bid and then Oz might let them into the data, um, yeah, give them due diligence and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Is it going to be 100% or zero? Um, would there be... Is there an I haven't read the conditions. Is it well, subject well, to ninety percent approval? Well, but was, I think it's, it was, it's actually not a. It's not a bid because it's a. It's a non-binding indicative offer. So yeah, they haven't. Yeah. They haven't lodged a bid. But I would assume that they would want one hundred percent of the asset. Yeah. 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 I mean, BHP announced that I think they've acquired just under five percent of it via stock and derivatives. So yeah, they have started to put their money where their mouth is. Yeah. They um, uh, and they said that BHP mightn't be the only one. A lot of Articles were saying Glencore, Anglo-American tech resources. First Quantum were yeah. another potential people that might be looking to, because um, they're in positions of getting copper. Copper is the future flavour by the sounds. But it seems to make the most sense for BHP. Because by the sounds, the only way that their whole smelting, because it's on-site smelting, they produce copper yeah. cathode, uranium powder, everything on-site. By the sounds, the only way it'll work is a shitload more copper and everything i think it, and they're talking about culture and like downtime and everything and i think because bhp have two to three lunches per shift uh for the operators that might be a <laughs> slight <laughs> issue a slight <laughs> issue i know that, that's what it's like yeah. at, uh, at the underground side of things um <laughs> well you'd have two to three lunches wouldn't you during nah, your shift, uh, the run, mate eat not the run nobody's <laughs> on especially when these contractor margins have to yeah. increase for develop as bill was saying <laughs> i was uh, I'd actually um I don't know if people know. I'll give the I'll, I've got the resource numbers and everything, and because you're talking about the Brazilian assets, because they're yep. a lot higher grade by the sounds. Um, there, so Prom Hill is 150 million tons at 1.4 percent copper equivalent. Carapatina, so this is obviously the big dog, 950 million ton resource at half percent copper. Um, and then so, but then if you go over to and then West Musgrave, so that's the one that. BHP sold to yep. Cassini. Yeah, 250 grand. Yeah. Um, but I think it was 10 million cash after one yeah. year of production. Um, and now they, they want it back. So that, and, but that's the, that's 390 million tonne at 0.31% nickel. Mm. And so that would obviously be a draw card for the Nickel West yep. side of things. Absolutely. Yep. And it's in, so that'll feed that side of things. But the, uh, the Brazilian assets are, a lot higher grade. So Pedro Branca, 1.6% copper, 90 million tonne. They're obviously a lot smaller. They're smaller, yep. Yeah, but it seems like um, Santa Lucia, 5.8 million tonne and 2.1% copper. So, yeah, there's a lot more grade over there, but not the tonnes. So, not yeah. tonnes. As yet. But, you you know, you do have Vale over there in the carriage with, you know, multi- Billion ton resources. Are they, are they involved in that at all, or they're they're, they're not? They're, they're, owned by they're 100% Oz? owned by Oz, but but originally Avanco got those from Valo. Okay, yeah, yeah. and uh, one of their gold assets. Um, they also acquired. Um, so that's uh, Centro Gold. Centro Gold. One point seven million ounces at one point yep. nine grams, yeah. just off the top. So of So Valley had all this ground, yeah, um, and and Avanco did a great <laughs> job in. Developing them, you know, it was hard to get traction in the market, and then Oz Minerals basically, um, uh, it was a cash, I think it was a cash bid at, at sort of seven, eight, eighteen cents when they were trading at nine cents, and that's probably six, seven years ago now. Yep. So watch this space. Watch, watch this space. Yep. Yeah, 
Did you buy? Did you buy him back or not? <laughs> well, I wasn't allowed to because of a variety of reasons, but it's a watching breath. Yeah. Can we move on, please, Matt? <laughs> oh, I, I did not. I did not bring it up. <laughs> Weary is definitely le- lent with, uh, led with the chin on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was down south at the time, and I might have been a bit under do, the do, influence. Doing yoga, by the way. <laughs> right. Uh, well, that, that was that's the big news for the week. Uh, and now the diggers recap. Mm. Let's get on to that. Uh, very sounds like um, Andy was maturely behaved. Apparently, from all well, from his report, <laughs> we did do the tour of duty. I did the on tour Sunday with the Lion Town and uh, Bellevue. Bellevue. Oh, and develop, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, yep. all yep. in one day. All in one day. Oh, one really? Day. Yep. So underground visits at underground um, at Bellevue, and then just a surface. Well, there's not. Uh, Obviously, not a whole lot to see at Lion Town at the moment, and build into sort of a forty-five minute presentation at at lunchtime. But um, no, pretty impressive trip. I mean, you know, you feel sorry for them. We're there early, you know, quarter past five or five thirty for a six o'clock boarding, and the the one thing that was out of their control was getting the bus from you know Perth Flight Centre out to the air, and the bus driver had called in sick, so we had a half hour wait while they. Yeah. Replace the bus driver, but anyway, really well run site trip. Lots of people from over east, uh, lots of funds and analysts that had come over for the first time in three years. Um, split us up into four groups, um, so you could go around and see everything, um, what they're doing, and I suppose you know the key take. You know they're doing a, a really good job. You know the development. Um, you know. Uh, record meters for the for the month. Um, the How far into still, the underground are they? Uh, oh, GBF Bellevue. have been there for sort of a couple of years now. Yeah, um, and they're I think they're about three hundred meters vertically in there. But okay. you know they're looking at getting it before they commission. So they haven't started building the plant yet. They're just yep. clearing the work, uh, the site works. But they're looking at getting sort of at least a couple of hundred thousand tons at sort of five six gram dirt yep. on 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 the rom before they start pushing the button. But yeah. Um, you know, ground conditions look great. They've intersected the ore body already, um, you know, which looks pretty visual with some mm. nice grades in there. So, um, yeah, it was um, yeah very well-run site trip. Uh, everyone there and then off to Lion Town, just down the road, you know, sort of 20Ks. And, um, you know, they had all the core out. They started building the accommodation villages and, you know, they'll be letting, you know, lots of contracts go in the next year sort of thing mm. with a view to being in production late 24, early 25. So Maybe. with the Lion Town job, is that um – um Obviously, you got open pit, and that'd be one of the yeah, one of the rare underground lithium. Projects. One of the rare underground. I mean, there will be. It starts off with two small open pits, and then goes into a big bolt un- underground um, operation. But the ore body lends itself to that because you've got these sort of all the pegmatites coalesce into a sort of a nice 50, 60 meter wide zone yep. at, at sort of circuit you know two hundred meters depth. So uh, at good grade, you know, you're talking one point four, one point five percent lithium. So uh, yeah, they're they're, you know, obviously, you know, fully funded now as well. They got they raised the equity. They've done offtake with te- with Ford and Tesla. Um, got three hundred million in on a low dock loan from Ford. So, um, you know, they're in a, you know, great position to, st- you know, build it and develop it and start producing. And got some great, you got some uh, underground expertise on the board now with our great sponsor from Entech, Shane McClay. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> great plug for the Entech crew. As per, and as per Town usual. director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At Kathleen Valley, so simple processing. You yep. know, it's dig dig it out. It's the uh, fairly conventional. Yep, pretty conventional. Yeah. They are talking. Um, you know, it will be flotation, so not yep. straight DMS. But uh, the, the, 
and Pilbara had obviously issues ramping up in terms of the contaminants and all that, so they're well yep. aware of you yep. know the need for a, to have you know lack of iron and um, yep. you know to, to be able to make a fully saleable product. Um, but otherwise, there's no you know they've done a heap of test work obviously to sign off on that DFS and on the so, operational side of things on the team, Andrew. Um, it, is there a lot of guys with that lithium experience? Do, you know, on the man- management team. That's very Operationally. good. <laughs> I think they're building out that team as we speak, Tony. <laughs> uh, oh, look, I mean, um, Tony Ottaviana, he's not a oh, – I mean, the, the difficulty is lithium. The lithium industry has only been what? That's my point, and that's yeah. why the, I asked the question. I would expect to So you're being, <laughs> you're being facetious. <laughs> no, it's just one of those things. It's not a – the talent now, obviously, labour is very constrained, but – Particularly specialised, you know, so it's just it'll be and that a bit more in the processing yeah. side. Of you oh, the processing and all that, and I think underground's underground, just blow yeah. the fucking that's right. shit up. So and that's put that, in that's bolts that's in nothing the, new in that. And the ground conditions are, are you know, are, are really yeah. good. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the book well work in I'm, progress. Work in progress, and, yeah. I, and I'm sure that as they progress, they'll look to pull in experienced operators yeah. and all that. Yeah. Um, once they're at a point where you know yeah. the the, the the plant's been built. What's telling, though, I, uh, sorry, um, is, you know, the car manufacturer's, you know, demand and willingness to do deal, the fact that Ford just come out with a $300 million low-dock loan, here you go for offtake, yeah. bang. For mines know. that are not even close to being producing. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, yeah. 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 They had six to choose from, from what yeah. I understand. There were six yeah. live opportunities to choose from for the yeah. chose Ford, so... Yeah. Yeah, he's only his second interview. He's still no, learning. No, he's yeah, he's right. green. Yeah. What, um, <laughs> is there, green now. What, what are the biggest, uh, I guess, your biggest attractions to for, as a for the offtake side of things? Um, is there quality lithium? Like, is, is contaminant? You're talking about contaminants before. Are some projects more attractive for the quality of lithium they'll concentrate they'll put out. Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, and it's only a relatively fledgling industry sort of thing. You know, you've really had Pilbara's, the, yeah. uh, you know, Greenbushes has been around for 30 mm. years sort of thing. But in ter- it, it is, you know, the your the, the body specifics and the deleterious elements within that and iron, certainly one of them, where, you know, taking it through from a spodumene to a hydroxide or a carbonate, um, if you do have those deleterious elements, uh, you know, you, you might not be able to convert it to a 6% or to a, you know, a, a carbonate and a, and a hydroxide. So, um, and also the location. Like we have, we're, we've got an investment in red dirt metals, which is Mount Ida, and uh, they went on a world trip for an EV battery conference. And he came back and he said, um, you know, the, the overarching thing was people want to see hard rock, end users want to see hard rock deposits, particularly in Western Australia, because he said Africa's got its own set of problems, obviously from a jurisdiction perspective, and the brines in, in North America and that are challenging at the best of times. So yep. that, it's the pick of the bunch, really. So if you can get a hard rock asset here that makes sense and economically works, it's going to be sort of. Do you need to disclose a personal interest there, Tony? <laughs> I was going to, I'm I'm going to the one. absolute bloody girls and red dirt. <laughs> I've, got to, uh, I've got to get a horn. When we're talking about a bloody um, a stock that we own, I'll, I'll pick the horn. So yeah, right. It's just Guilty. Self, self-interest. Yeah, yeah, buy that, make it go up. We're fucking very transparent yeah. um, here. So what are they, what's their, their shipping they're going to be hauling to the bloody Jarrow portals, and what's their product they're going to be sending off a 6%, 6% spot? Yeah, 6% spot, uh, yeah, and I think out of Geraldton, yep. Yep. Um, but they can make a high. I think on site they were certainly talking that uh, you can make over a 6% concentrate 
um, because of the mineralogy uh, yep. and the recoveries and things. So. Are these, uh, I heard word on the decline, someone said, uh, so it was pretty much true. A lot of these, you know, a lot of these lithium exploration projects, like the fight for, is there going to come a point when they're going to miss the boat at getting into production? There's going to be a lot of lithium. A lot of these lithium ones are going to, in production, then a lot of these exploration ones are going to get left behind and not actually get into production and no, there's a race. The yeah, there's I, a race to it for sure. I think yeah. production, being production in the next 24 months is going to be key because you're dead right. There's so much out there that you know as long as you can get it get it up and going, you'd be away. So. And is that and is the issue the offtake side of things is that like they can get into production, but you've got to oh, is there going to be the demand no, to sell no, it? Yeah, financing that, that, financing and offtake is going to be key. Um, and you know the the fact of the matter remains so the the growth of electric vehicles is is going to be mammoth in the next mm. few years and it's mm. going to uh, support the development of a lot of these projects and you know Andy can knows this better than anyone not all these projects work you know mm. there, there's there's going to be barriers there's going to be probably a stabilization in in commodity price there's cost inflation, but you know not all these projects, a mining project, they're not all that simple. And mm. uh, obviously, uh, Kathleen Valley's a, a bit of an exception, as as is Pilbara. But you know, going from from uh, dig, drilling a hole to uh, develop resource, then development is mm. is a bloody big step, and mm. you know, usually takes you know minimum of you know five to eight years. Yeah, that yep. process. Absolutely. So. Um, yeah, I, I would say uh, you know a lot of these projects are going to be limited down the track by uh, you know f uh, financing, offtake, and cost. Who's who's funding? Who's the major funding for Line Town? So well, they raised well, the equity, equity at a dollar sixty. I think they raised four hundred and fifty million, yep. and yeah. their capital was, I think, it was about uh, around that number sort of thing. And then you throw in probably another fifty to hundred for working capital and yeah. maybe some uh, cost, you know, inflation creep. But then they've also got a three hundred million dollar loan from from Ford sort of thing. Oh, so right. they so yeah, they are yeah. well and truly funded. So yeah. they you know, they've done an incredible job in terms of if you think Lit Lion Town three to four years ago was a penny dreadful trading at one or two cents. Yeah. yeah. And, and and you know, hit two dollars and currently sort of, you know, got back to a dollar, currently about a dollar seventy and with a market cap of about three billion. So um yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Oh, there yes. you go, Lion Town. There's the biggest plug you'll get this week for free. <laughs> 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 um Right, we're, before we get on to the specific stocks, other uh, diggers, good prezos, yep. bloody what's what's the go? Anything uh, anything strike well, your eye that you didn't know about over there? Any, oh, any wheeling and dealing? Oh, I think, look, the, the, the um, it was the first time in three years that the Eastern States people could come over. So oh, I think yeah, a lot of the companies, you know, there were a hell of a lot of site trips right through. From International the big, people? Uh, a few well. international as well, yeah. um, but right through from sort of your bigger companies, your independence, Pilbara's sort of thing, to really your small sort of little juniors explorer. So there's lots of activity on all the, you know, all the days, you know, even going right through to, you know, post Thursday, Friday. I know St. Barbara took some people up to Gwalia on the Thursday, Friday sort of thing. So there was, you know, there was a lot of activity, a lot of, I mean, Diggers is always bullish because you're surrounding yourself with, like-minded people and uh, getting together and, yeah. But it's the same, same things, labour shortages, yeah. um, future-facing metals, you know. Yeah. And God had a fair bit of optimism about it, but 
And by and large, it's the same as every year. But you know, it was it was very much all about the EV theme. And well, and we'll talk about uh, Jake Klein Evolution getting yeah. up, uh, swinging it to two and a half thousand, three thousand dollars an ounce gold yeah. prediction based on inflate inflatory. Is that a word? Inflatory inflationary. Inflationary. <laughs> That's the underground version. Yeah, like <laughs> we're going to the bathroom. <laughs> So I, think, I, think I was going to say it's through there, buddy. Oh, oh, He's just come off night shift. Come off, come come off yeah. night shift. I've been, I've been swearing all week, bloody underground. So. Um, but that's uh, obviously motivated by – I think Evolution stock price went down the next day after yeah. he said yeah. that. So yeah. it didn't fucking work. But yeah. um, what what is – I know Goldman earlier in the year put out – Two and a half thousand dollar prediction. What's yeah. what's uh what was the vibe about gold? Is it as I said, it's not as I said, it's not going up. Yeah, as you yeah. think it would be. Um, I don't but know what's going to bloody. Uh, you know, I've expected. You know, the gold price with everything that's gone on. You know, be it uh, you know geopolitical. You know, yeah, uh, inflation, whatever around the world, and gold really hasn't responded. You know, yeah. what is it, eighteen hundred bucks or thereabouts yeah. today? Um, so. Uh, you know, I still have a lot of faith in gold as Definitely. a, you know, to, not to, a store of value and inflation hedge, but, you know, it just seems the money's gone elsewhere in this cycle and it's, you know, uh, there's been a flight towards the US dollar. Um, and it just, you know, the big investment funds um, just haven't, uh, you know, trickled the money into the golds <laughs> like they have in the past. So um, what what's going to trigger that? I don't know. Um, you know, perhaps more green gold is going to attract a lot of oh, these funds are very green. ESG conscious, yeah. and and I know there's a you know large element of bullshit to that, but it, it's it's a major uh, influence on in, on. Uh, but you you'd also have to, you'd all um, have to it's say it's a that. major influencer on uh, yeah. uh, on it, on where the yeah. flow of funds go. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, into commodities and into different sectors of the market. Yeah, but it's also a bit of uh, corporate action. So, yeah, uh, you know, because th there is yep. cracking value everywhere, right? Mm. So someone's got to move and all of a sudden be a domino effect. So, you know, we positioned ourselves in a few of the smaller guys that we think are development ready, but don't have the capital, it's not the right time to develop. So we think once that starts, you'll start to see a yeah, bit of a Yeah, M&A action. Yeah, that's yeah. key for ETFs us. coming yeah. back, you know, with, yep. with vengeance, seem yep. to control the flow of funds into the gold market, uh, gold stocks, but also physical gold. So, yep. yeah. Yep. I don't know. We, well, we live in hope. We live in hope. Well, before we get into the stocks we've got on the list, talk about Bellevue specifically, the green gold. Green, green gold. Um, green. But like long, long term, where do you see the growth for Bellevue, is it um, strong cash position looking to acquire other projects, growing the known resource there? Like, where do you see their oh, growth? I think it's at? a combination. Well, I they've think, run their race. Oh, no, certainly not. I, I think, um, you know, once they get in production and start producing the cash flow, then you get re-rated as a, a you know, the, you've, you've de-risked the business and, yep. and so suddenly you can be, you know, rated on forward-looking multiples. You know, they're, they're targeting 200,000 ounces a year at pretty low cash costs. I think they're talking circa $1,000 all-in costs. So, you know, wh wh when you get that cash flow, then I think, um, you know, they would argue, and I, I agree with them, that there's a lot more to be found exploration-wise and a lot better drilling it from underground. You know, they've already got a, they've got a 3 million ounce resource plus, um, and I think at the moment it's about a 1.5 million ounce reserve or maybe a bit lower. So, you know, they'd look to, to grow that um, and and then potentially some M&A stuff around the area um, if, if there's anything there or look at another op opportunity where, you know, they can utilize, you know, leverage off their skill set, which by that stage will be, you know, uh, un un 
you know, high-grade underground development type thing. Um, you know, I know Steve has a track, you know, he's been overseas before. Um, you know, the, 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 you know, Darren Stradler and those sort of guys have looked at, you know, Heaps of opportunities, I'm sure, when they're at Northern Star. So um, I suppose it'd be fair to say too, Clates, that really, I mean, since discovering building that resource, they essentially were for sale. I mean, Bellevue was the sort of company, those sort of guys, the management team, would have been happy to sell it uh, as at, opposed at a price, to building yep. it at a price. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think they wanted to. That's yeah, that that wasn't their core core business no, in a way, was it? But they, in, in essence, they've sort of they've actually been in, in some respects backed into quarter to build it. Mm. So now they've got the team there. I mean, Darren Strahler we rate really highly. Mm. Uh, and, you know, they're building the assets. So, you know, that might change their attitude going forward. They but might. the market wants to see them, you know, develop this project first before yeah. they move on to the another one. one. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, demonstrate that they've got, you know, the necessary funds and they can do it on time, on budget, yep. uh, get it into, you know, it's stable production, then you look at M&A. Yeah. Yep. Any, anything in that region that jumps out in the gold, in the gold space, like what your closest one would be, what, Agnew, wouldn't it? Uh, Ag- Ag- Agnew and Lawler's over that. Area. I mean, you've got oh, some. You've, of, you've got some of the like the Ramillies um, is close to there, aren't they? The um, bronze, you know, the old bronze wing stuff that um, you know Northern Star's got now, sort of thing. Uh, that they're, you know, some of those deposits that they're taking up to, um, yeah, uh, up to Jundu. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of belt. um. There's a, there's, a, there's a shitload of different fucking elements in that lenster area isn't it between the nickel the lithium yeah, and the gold on that, yeah. old, on yep. that old highway yeah mm. um right we're west african resources that was a bloody precision favorite uh, <laughs> just released uh, uh the feasibility of the kiaka yep yep which which was an absolute cracker so yeah, seven seven point seven million ounces was it yeah. uh yeah seven million seven point seven million so this is the project they bought off b2b um and b2b had obviously done a lot of the drilling and all that sort of thing but uh, uh this is 45 k's from their current sambretto which is producing sort of 222 230 ounces and they decked a feasibility showing uh, you know some really impressive numbers where you're looking at a, a reserve of 4.5 million ounces um 1.8 to one strip and you're looking at a plus 200,000 ounces at, at uh, all-in cost sort of circa around that $1,000 an ounce. So that um, 1.8 to 1 strip ratio, yeah, that is, does that rate pretty good? Absolutely. Yep. Well, well, it needs to be because it's a, it's a relatively low-grade ore body, so you're point looking nine. at it's 0.9. Yep. Um, you know, the reserve, yeah, reserves are 0.9, so how do you get around that You know, low strip, large tonnage? So they're looking yep. at sort of starting at seven and a half million tonnes. They think there's opportunity there to maybe push that to 10. Um, mm-hmm. You're looking at a capital cost of 430 million US. Um, so yeah, a reasonable chunk of chunk of money, but this is their second project. So they're already, you know, they've already got cash of so, sort of over 200. You know, if you remember their first project, they almost, they got 100% debt financing for that on Sembrado. I'd imagine they'd be looking at, Sort of similar type metrics on that, but I, you know that was a really um, and and what it does for the company takes them from a you know two hundred and twenty thousand to you know plus four hundred thousand ounces, and um, you know Kiaku's got an eighteen year mine life, so that very much firmly puts them in that sort of mid tier producer level. So that Time was frame? A, uh, they'd look at um, financing, you know, I think by the end of the year, yep. and and then say an 18 month or two year build, so yep. you know, late 24, early 25. Yeah, yep. so separate, they're building a new processing, new plant processing for that plant, yep, one, yep, not used, yep, no, 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 so um, yeah, so so, so that was a really good, I thought that was a ripping, you know, a great announcement, and it sort of. You know what I like? It, it, it sort of flagged that it might be up to five hundred million in capital, and he's come in at sort of four hundred and thirty. So that was a nice, 
yeah. sort of kick for Classic the market. Classic under-promise top yeah. guy, isn't he, you know? Yeah. No, I think, um, you know, you, you know what they've been able to develop in a relatively short period of time has been, um, you know, been sensational. Is the fact that in our next stock we'll talk about, Gold as well, is very similar. Is the the basic, simple, open pit, is that a draw card? For operations like this, like is absolute simplicity of operation, they yep. have to be like, yep. and you're not dealing with issues underground. Just bloody rip it, rip yeah. the bloody thing out quick. Yeah, oh, ab- absolutely. So same with Osgold. They're like they, they're at a very different stage. They've just decked their maiden reserves mm. with the pre-feasibility on their project down in Katanning, and uh, you know that was a nice result. They came out with sort of a reserve of 1.24 million ounces at about 1.3 grams, um, showing a project capable of producing. You know, over a hundred thousand yeah, ounces. Off the top of his head, I've oh, got this no, written he's down. Over a hundred thousand ounces. Yeah. I can he's see. Pro- probably making it up. So <laughs> we would never have. I can see why he's bloody poached him. At all in costs of about fourteen hundred, fourteen fifty. So yeah, that was a that was a good result. And the Catanning project's been around for a long while. Like, mm. This is you know, ten years ago, it was, it was promoted as sort of the next. Next, uh, Boddington. There's um, gold in Catanning. I yeah. thought it was wheat. <laughs> <laughs> there is, there is wheat. Because um, well, it's about 170 k's from Boddington, I think. Yeah, Google Maps. and it's yeah. just out of Cannington Township. And um, so that Catanning. was a really, I thought. So you know, they 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 weren't presenting, but they were up at diggers, and I thought, you know. The team, you know, run by Matt Greentree, did a really good job in um, in that pre feasibility. It'd have to be attractive to one of the peers, though, out there, wouldn't it? Mid cap producers. I think so. Where well, well, you've Very seen isolated, but like it is isolated. Yep. Yeah. it is, but it's you know it's flat, reasonably close to Perth. You know, yeah. it's a classic one in my view for some a, a proven development team to get in yeah. there that can look at those numbers and going. Well, they're okay because these are consultant numbers. These aren't actual, you know. Yeah, so they've hard, had, hard th- fast, yeah. you yeah. know, whereas your in-house development yeah. teams and, you know, people like you know Capricorn that have had a proven model, you know, Emerald that have done it, you know, those, those sorts of, you know, really well managed that, that can do development in-house, and it's a it's a rare skill. Yeah. Um, and, and so, what not, do you reckon close they can get? Do you reckon if someone says it costs you a dollar, what do you reckon those guys can get their cost down to? Do you reckon that's Two thirds of what 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 most Capex. people could capex yeah. wise, yeah. Oh, look, I, I suppose if you look at um, what the, I suppose Capricorn, an example with Carla Winder at, um, you know, it's a four million ton. I think they did that for one hundred and sixty sort of thing. I think anyone else would be two fifty type yeah. thing. Yeah, but, well, you know, more they more two hundred and twenty five million for that. Yeah, and, and, and Morgs yeah. Morgan in in Emerald, you know, he did that for under US one hundred million for a. Two million ton per annum plant in, yeah, Cambodia. in Cambodia. Yeah, so that's a um, magnifies it. Doesn't you know, so yeah. I mean, that's uh, you know really um, yep. you know an outstanding performance. So uh, that'd be good. It's the um, the the draw card for employment jobs like that because uh, that brings back the resident, oh, residential yep. drive, drive in drive absolutely out. Absolutely, it does. Um, yeah, yep. Not, or, or even staying in the old uh, di- or the mill hotel in um, in Katani. Katani, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, geez, wouldn't that pub be open at um, this thing kicks <laughs> off? They might as well put a couple of poker machines in there. Yeah. Make an absolute fucking killing. TAB. Uh, I've heard plenty of stories from the, the Telfer, the old Telfer days, because when Telfer was a township, yeah. people like, you know, families lived up there and the, 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 they, of course they had a TAB up there and far out. Did a roaring race. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. All their pay's gone in first, not the first day. And, oh, it was just a bloody disaster. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, keep 
Brett posted there. As I said, what do we got? All, all reserve, 32 million ton at 1.25 grams for Katanning, 1.28 million ounces. Yeah. And so plenty of upside uh, too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 11-year mine life. Mm. Um, is it just limited to that? It's a, like a big, long, bloody, skinny pit. Long, I, skinny I'd pit. I'd assume there's fucking uh, gold elsewhere there. Yeah, yeah. and, and there's well, still- Sorry, it's a 2.1 million ounce resource. resource. That's right. So there's obviously yeah. a bit yeah. more there. That's right. They just probably need to do it. NDA. Aren't they? Have they dealt with the landowners? Uh, they're in discussions with them, and I think yeah. uh, you know, so they'd be buying some farms. They'd be buying some farms and, some buying some farms and all that. And I think you know, typically it's probably two, you know, two times what you know, market market rate. I'd speak Bloody the hell. farmer over there for you, Timothy. Yeah, that be uh, wish I owned some. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like when Chalice bought. At 2J. Yeah, absolutely. So they pay, yeah. you know, two Over to three times. You'd, two, you'd, two you'd to probably three sell the farm a year early. No, you're a fucking one. Thanks, Matt. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> just drive that knife in. Well, a bit, yeah, still salt in the wood. Yeah. Uh, right, Capricorn medals. This is, is this a, like, bloody yeah. horn moment? Yeah, uh, another yeah. one. Yeah. Um, oh, look, I'd... I thought there was a, you know, I think Clarky did an, you know, excellent presentation. And just if you look at it, you know, just the first three slides where you, uh, I like the title of just, you know, the um, DNA of quiet delivery and exceptional um, returns, which over their history of, of the groups that that team's been involved in, um, you know, you can't disagree. And, and probably the key thing is that they know what they're good at and they know what they're not good at. So, they're, mm. you know, this is their, their strong suit is... Aussie you know, open pits. Aussie open pits, you know, yeah. relatively low grade, um, you know, not interested in underground, not interested in complex metallurgy, anything like that. You know, this is what we do. This is our sweet spot mm. and this is how we make yeah. really good... You know, if you look at it, you know, it's a 0.95 gram ore body, you know, and they are making margins of 50%. The, at the other, other thing they do really well, and I suppose it's not misunderstood, but you've got to appreciate it, is these guys write out checks. So they actually invest, co-invest. When they start these things, they write out significant checks yeah. themselves to invest. Because so, he put $20 million in, didn't he, Clarkie? I don't I remember the number. Big close too, wouldn't uh, I'm pretty sure. Maybe not that much, but he did have a big swing at it. Because yep. was yeah. he, like, he, he was head of Regis and he tried That's to right. take, take him over and it didn't yep. work. Yeah, he initially did it. and it was at like, you so know. He obviously had his eye on the project for a while. Yeah, well, they, they were a 10% shareholder in Capricorn yeah. at Regis. Yeah. And then they couldn't, because then Hawks Point came in, the, the private equity mob, and the couldn't sort of reach a, reach an agreement. So they ended up, you know, Regis sold out of, of that and, yep. and then sort of the transitioning of Regis um, when the sort of Clark in that brigade left um, and the new management team sort of came in and then, you know, the sort of the opportunity came up for um, to, to, to get hold of uh, the Colour Window project with Capricorn because at that stage it was sort of just an exploration project and they had a feasibility with, a, you know, a big yeah. capital number and, and, and it's probably fair to say management team that... Uh, you know, the market wasn't prepared to back it into production. Yeah. So hence it was trading at, And you know, had that sort of double whammy with regard to Oroband, which we'll get yeah. on to later, and that was problematic at the time. So it all worked uh, for Mark mm. and, and the team to come in. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about the Mount Gibson... Acquisition. ...project for yeah. uh, Capricorn as well? So well, so that's an app, like that one deal of the year. And, and, and oh. people, people were probably a little bit perplexed going, oh, you know, because it wasn't a well-publicised deal. But if you look what they acquired for, I think, about $33 million or something, an absolutely cracking deal. But there was lots of hairs on it, like in terms of you had Chinese people suing each other and they didn't actually have 
the ground sort of thing. They just had an agreement to acquire the ground. So there were plaints. There was, uh, you know, and I believe it took a hell of a long time to negotiate sort of thing. But but the prize is, you know, at the moment there's a two million ounce resource. Um, they've drilled seventy thousand meters in the last quarter. Spent eleven million bucks. They're looking at upgrading that resource in September, and then probably a maiden reserve uh, first. First, um, you know, soon after that. But you know that that has all the hallmarks of being like another ca- another car to win. Well, so. in actual fact, Mark Clark, we took him out for a beer because we thought <clears> he did a cracking job, and it's our biggest position. He said he thinks this is the deal of his career. Yep, yep, he thinks it's an absolute cracker. So, 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 so operations like this, the lower grade, high tonnage operations compared to your underground operations, who are more leveraged to the gold price upside? Who's going to get uh, well, more benefit out of it? Well, it really just depends on, obviously, their costs. Mm. So, so but people always say, oh, in, in, in a rising gold price, you know, go your high-cost producers because they're better leverage. I mean, the arg- my argument is that you still want to be with the quality. You know, the quality will still go. People will still gravitate. Well, they'll to, really, to, really to, go. Yep. Yeah, yep. To, towards the quality. So if you look at, like, Capricorn's guidance for next year, they're talking similar production, 120, 130,000 ounces. And the key is they're all in costs are about 1300 and then on top of that they've got growth capital of maybe another 10 to 15 million so that's you know if you put yeah. all in cost 1350 um say the gold price of 2600 you know they're making 50 percent margins and that's free cash of probably 140 million being yeah. generated next year so lots of other companies will put out all in costs and then off to the side they'll have growth capital which is not included in your all in costs and that could it's be another distorted. 100 million yeah, yeah. 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 so yep um well i think it shows that west african how good that over pit was as you said because the uh bibra uh the carl winder's strip ratio is 3.6 of, yep. of red ears so well that's right shows how good one point and, and, is. And, and to give you an idea you know the osgold one's sort of six to seven to one strip so yep. you yeah. know it, so at all to, you know and ideally one uh, unless they're digging up some wheat in there they might get credits <laughs> for it but <laughs> you did bit of a bonus <laughs> <laughs> all right you did man we'll get on to our band next you said you all caught right. up with luke cray yeah. Uh, how's he settling in? Or yeah, there, I mean, there's a, yeah. I mean, what it's highlighted to me is the amount of talent that's come out of Northern Star. You know, yeah. the, the the amount of guys uh, that we've seen come out of Northern Star and then go into go their own ventures. Uh, it's like they're like there, you're free now. Yeah, you go yeah, fly yeah. like a bird. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, you've got all these sort of uh, younger guys coming through and, you know, Luke's a classic example of that and, you uh, um, so, y- y- you know, everyone stood up and took notice when he took that gig. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, he's got – it's not an easy job, obviously. You know, uh, Oroband is a uh, sort of cluster of satellite pits that, you know, have underperformed and he's gone in there and identified some um, – what he said were some pretty basic measures that needed to be taken that weren't. And, you know, it seems the left hand wasn't talking to the right and uh, he's going to go in there and instill some change, basically turn it back into an exploration play yep. and um, focus on building up the uh, quality ounces and he's only going to concentrate on profitable ounces. That's all he's interested in. So, you know, I don't know whether I've missed anything there, but really. we just he, came away so yeah, impressed. He's so impressed. Like he went up there for two days. He said, I'll give you a free audit. I'll look at it. He had no intentions of taking the job. Spent a couple of days up there, and he was blown away with simple things he could change to make mm. the operation significantly better. Yep. So, you know, he's put his brand to it, and he's highly regarded. So 
We think it's a watch and wait type scenario because it's got such a checkered history. But if anybody can do it, Matt Nixon said this yesterday and so did others, that it's, it's Luke Cray. So, and uh, his, yeah. his uh, remuneration package was heavily uh, a lot of performance rights in it. But yep. the, um, the, well, the share price has actually exceeded his top rights. I think they were rights at 5.2 yeah. cents yeah. and 7 That's cents right. and the Correct. share price is 6.8 yeah. at the moment. So yep. it's, yeah. I think it's nearly doubled since he's It has. Yeah. And, he, you know, I, our perception was he needed to raise money. He doesn't. I think he's got $28 million in the bank with cash and liquids at the moment, so he's fine in that regard. But mm. it just shows you how highly regarded he was that he, uh, he got that sort of following straight away. What uh, like, are you able to disclose what some, what some of the major simple changes are that they were looking to implement or like things that were going wrong at those op- that operation? Fucked if I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I think certainly on the um, the milling or the mining, the milling, I mean, he, yep. he basically said- uh, Oh, it's also the, the, the mining contractor. So, mining contractor. So, yeah, essentially they provide all the consumables, but they had no, no control over cost and uh, price pressures in terms yep. of, you know, that, rising yeah. and falling with what- the contractor was doing. They so were renting said, the kit, yeah, basically, and if it wasn't being utilised, it was still it sitting there and they're paying full yeah, total stuff odds. Stuff like that, so renegotiating that. But he said just he recut all the pits to to. So he took, took on the reserves. So the reserves, I think, previously were done at 2,200. 2,200, yep. 2,200, yep. and he's recut them to sort of yep. 1,800, I think, just to yep. give, you know, with the view that, uh, like, Get the better margin gold, and so the reserves are sort of circa, I think, a couple two hundred fifty thousand ounces, yep. and, and and really, um, you know, it's been sort of very much a hand to mouth operation, and this thing's been bleeding cash for a long time, and hence the expiration, you know, potential has been, you know, not been explored properly, um, as you as you've always been struggling to feed the mill, um, and he's he's hoping like this year, you know, on his forecast numbers, it will sort of wash its face, but. Um, he will look to spend sort of circa eight to ten million on expiration. Yep. Also, um, you know, just the, he said he was surprised at the quality of people that was at, were actually there, and he just needs to go in and instill a culture and a work ethic that um, will get that performance. So I think he's going to instill a lot of disciplines that he's had through his career mm-hmm. into that operations to turn it around. But I, my, my sort of takeaway on the whole. Um, uh, of the two catch-ups we've had with Luke of late is that it's very dependent on exploration success um, in in the short term. Um, And, you know, he's got a prospective package of um, projects, no two ways about it, but it's, you know, the future is going to be dependent on that exploration success to build up those ounces. Yeah, and he sort of said that, you know, over the last 20 years with Michael Keen and then Fodius following him, he said everybody thinks it's been drilled out but he said, really, Far it's, from it. it's all pretty much close to, to, to current you know, production. He said, there's been no real expira- systematic exploration at all. Yeah. So they've always been trying to feed the mill. So you can see the logic to that. Because yeah. they're looking at the resource, um, sorry, the reserves and the resource. The the iguana, so that where the Davyhurst plant is, sounds like, like 59 k south is the iguana, which has got the highest reserve. That's 107,000 ounces. Yeah. Down there, so is that? Did you have you been out there? We actually have. Yeah, we went with Michael Fotis years ago, and Michael's a geological nut, and he's just an absolute, you know, ball of knowledge. Ball of knowledge. So what happened was, I sat in the front with Fotis for nine hours on the way out there and back, and I've got no idea geologically. But <laughs> Andrew and Tim went to sleep in the back. 
<laughs> so I'm still waiting on payback on that. <laughs> it had been a long night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. But, but I mean, he's looking at, um, yeah, so they're mining the Callion pr- deposit at the moment sort of thing, I think, uh, on, on, the, on their game plan. And then, but really he'd like to get in and drill some of these underground targets as well and, and, yeah. and prove them up because he thinks that they're some pretty easy wins if, if, if the mineralisation is there to, 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 to re-establish the yeah. underground and then ultimately you know, be, be able to supplement some of the high-grade underground ore um, and, and and take it to sort of more an 80 to 100,000-ounce producer rather than the sort of the 60,000-ounce that it is at the moment, which which is sort of at a size where, you know, it's pretty tough to A, get market recognition and B, to make, you know, you know really good cash flow. Yeah. Oh, watch this space. Watch this space. Watch this space. Yeah, because it's definitely been a bloody whatever the opposite of a market darling is. Davies. A market turd. Yeah, it's sad that Davies is like, oh, yeah, you won't make money there. Bloody that stigma about it. Right, EMRPDI, the Broad Arrow Pub trip. The Broad Arrow Pub, yes, one of my favourite site trips that we do. Sounds good. You didn't get a bloody invite onto the bus. No, I didn't have the Tribeca bus, no. Jesus um, I saw I saw the picture of um, Gleeso and Darren Stralo sitting in there, and mm. I don't know. Was the, I think Stralo looked like he'd recovering from fifteen beers the night before. Like, it was just <laughs> the, it was the worst photo. I tell you, he just like, looked like absolutely rooted. So. Yeah, no. So we went up. To, um, so more, um, more Emerald have been doing this for probably four or five years, where uh, take a bunch of people up just to get out of Ka- out of Kalgoorlie and show them an iconic um, WA pub, which is the Broad Arrow, which is for people that. Uh, an initiated is um, you know it's it's basically a pub full of graffiti everywhere. So this was uh, it's been around since the uh, late eighteen nineties, and um, so you got there a couple of companies present. So this year it was Emerald and uh, Predictive. Um, you have a couple of beers and a Broadie Burger. So um, you know and and Emerald you know similarly they fly beneath the radar. They're a bit in that Capricorn mode. Um, but if you look at what they've been able to achieve up at their flagship in um, in Cambodia, um, build that on time, on budget, producing 110,000 ounces a year at 750 US, generating good cash, and they've just acquired 60% of Bullseye Project, which is um, which has been in private hands for probably 10 to 15 years, part yep. of the old Dingo Range project that, for people with long memories, um, Ju- uh, who was it? Dave Muller used to run um, oh, yeah. Dingo Mining. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Morgs is pretty excited on the potential on that. Um, they've got a current resource, I think, of might be three or 400,000 ounces, but he thinks that with a significant drill program, which they're going to do, that could well, you know, approach a million ounces and, you know, become another development similar to, you know, maybe a Mount Gibson for, for, for Capricorn. So, And then, of course, Predictive had just decked their updated resource to 4.2 million ounces at 1.6 grams. So literally in 22 months, they've gone from zero to 4.2 million ounces. So, so yeah. it's a, a yeah. fabulous discovery in Guinea and um, Andrew Party, you know, and the team's doing a really good job there. So... Um, yeah. A lot of resources and reserves coming out at the moment, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It seems to be pumping. Well, so, I love it how there's always the, there's either a drill hit or a resource that comes out and a week later the capital raise. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, a, oh, it's, just, it's just, you know, fortuitous. So that, fortuitous. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had one today, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> Mika Minerals. Oh, uh, yeah, that's yes. exactly the one that, yeah, yeah, they, that yeah. it's just the textbook um textbook well, timing of it. Yeah, don't get them around the other way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of capital raising yeah. at the moment. They're uh, they're going hell for leather, but uh, 
Yeah, Mika was uh, they they uh, hit the uh, market today for eight point eight million. Yeah. Uh, following some cracking results, so uh, uh, share price ran a bit. So why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. How's this turnaround time on a capital raise? What is it? Well, if you, you get very on- you know this in this at this point like yesterday there was one for eight eight energy which is a oil and gas play and it opened and closed inside an hour and a half. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. And, so, and settlement happens within yep. the following week. Yep. So it's really done, shot and gotten five to seven working days. Yep. Yep. Um, and if the demand's there like there is at the moment, and the demand's been turned back on again, uh, they open and close pretty quick. Pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And who and who who are the main uh, suppliers of this? Is like like Cannon Court. Cannon Court have been pretty prolific. Yeah. That, that yeah. They're the most active. Yeah. Euros Hartley's Euros are, Hartley's, are pretty prominent out there. Yep. But uh, yeah, and then you've got the peripheral ones because we've seen a lot of sort of you know, small capital, survival capital raisings, as I call them, you know, in that one to three million range and then a yep. bit in the three to five. Um, but, um, yeah, in the last uh, three to four weeks, it's just been one one after the other. We're getting, you know, three to four a day. You, would have, you would have said four weeks ago, but the lights are off for a good six to 12 months. Yeah, well, that seemed to be the just, vibe, yeah. 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 Switch back on. Switch straight back on, so... Do they um, and the how this is getting done so quickly? Like, take us through the insides of this process. Like, do they ring up and their Canaccord just got their network of money and they're like, right, yeah, this they, is they going. Generally. Who before, wants it? Bang, yeah, before bang, they done. launch, they actually know yeah. most of the time actually to where the stock's going, whether it's existing holders, incoming yeah. guys that want to get set. But you don't launch a capital raising and not know you know, what you think you can achieve, um, and that's always been the case. So you pretty much know before you launch what uh, what the outcome should yeah, be. Yeah, whether you've got a cornerstone yeah. investor or you, your, uh, your retail desk is very strong on the stock and have gone out to their clients, mm-hmm. but you, know, you, you usually may cross some key shareholders or investors who may um, participate to secure the book, then go and launch it, and... You know, if you can go ahead, open a book up and say, oh, by the way, we're halfway there, it just gives dealers yeah. and confidence. investors yeah. confidence yeah. to lock away the rest. So it invariably follows pretty quickly. Yeah. So if a company, if a CEO's got five of his big investors that are willing to put all the money in themselves, yep. do they have to go through a, a broker? No, well, like, they, they, they don't, don't have to. don't have to, to but yeah. generally you want that aftermarket support and research. So as you grow, you need a sort of broader investor base. So that's mm. it's important to engage a broker that you think matches what you want to achieve. So yeah. generally speaking, it's better to go with a broker, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Fuck it. We could start a YouTube Finance 101 <laughs> yeah. YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then do the reverse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, last one. We better bloody we better give oh. old Labyrinth a pug since you caught up with Matty yesterday, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. And, well, do you uh, want to declare anything there at all? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get a whoopee cushion, actually. That would be a better lot. That means you hold the stock. Yeah. <laughs> or it's gone to shit. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Um, they released some drill oil. Uh, the drill holes are there and they've uh, extended the known ore body down 375 metres. So it looks like the scale of the project is uh, getting a lot bigger. Very exciting for mm. shareholders. Um, <laughs> how'd you chat with Matty go? Oh, um, no, it was good. I thought it was – like he's, yep. he's a really impressive guy. There's no doubt about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And, and part of that, you know, as Weary was talking about, ex, ex-Northern Star yeah. out there having a crack by, you know, by himself. And um, I uh, – you know, it looks a really interesting project. I think um, the market would like to see that maiden resource come out. You know, where it Next can convert, yep, mm. convert yep. that sort of foreign resource in, into a maiden jork resource, just to sort of put a flag in the ground, so to speak. So you can like sort of quantify that. Um, 
but there's clearly a lot of potential to do. Uh, to, yeah, what to surprised go. me was the size of deposits. On, yeah, yeah. Oh, so oh, that was phenomenal. Mm. So you know what the size of the prize is, but what a ripping bloke. Mm. You know, like committed and obviously good at what he does. So you hope those sorts of guys have success. There's a journey there. Like it's going to take a lot more money and time to actually get to to achieve what he wants to achieve. But um, he's got the right team around him, we think. Um, he's certainly got the right attitude. So here's hoping. With uh, Tay, uh, do you know who's the jork guru here? Oh, everyone always looks at Andy straight away. Because <laughs> uh, uh, like in the announcement um, – because they're obviously got a, a NI43 resource, the yep. Canadian version. Yep. They're going to release a jork, and then they said the these drill heads deeper are going to be added into the yeah. jork resource. How does um how does that all work? Like, can one drill hit be added in as a inferred into the it, it, inferred it, it, it's, resource? It's really on how the end. Of, it's on the independent or the geologist doing the resource is comfortable enough to say. That he's got the confidence that that, that mineralisation does extend there, like yeah. from, from the previous drilling. And, and normally you've got the search ellipses, and you might, depending on the the level of drilling, um, you know, for indicated on a typical deposit, you might need sort of, you know, forty by forty or even less. You know, yeah. for a measured twenty five by twenty five. Um, you know, to, to, and it all depends on the complexity. So, like, yeah. you know, for a gold deposit, a load system, you know, lo load hosted, you know, with lots of faulting and all that, you know, you need close space drilling for mm. an, an iron ore deposit or a potash deposit or um, something like that, you know, iron ore, you, you know, 500 metres apart where, you, where you've yeah. got the confidence and yeah. you can see that. So, um, it's, it's really a, that, and that's where you always have the argy bargy where the company's probably pushing the independent geologist to. Put a bit more into it, and, the, mm. and depending on the conservative, and you get some that will do it, and then you get some other blokes that have been around the industry saying, "No, my reputation's at stake here, so yeah. I'm I'm not going to be, um, you know, this is my numbers. If you don't like it, you can go and get someone else." Yeah. yeah. So, like a deep block in that case, because they're only down to I think three or four hundred meters. So, if they if you get a deep drill hole down to seven hundred, that can actually have a big influence on the, oh, absolutely. the resource that yep. the amount if, of ounces if, if you that can come include out of that it. And, and, and like for instance, I, you know, just a recent example. Example of predictive were 4.2 million ounces. The market was probably thinking they might get close to five, but there was one drill hole 350 meters below the resource that intersected 25 at five. Yeah. But and yes, it clearly looks like it's part of the same system. But the the they didn't include that in that current resource because there yeah. wasn't enough confirmatory drill, drill holes to, around yeah. it to say yes, that is part it's of the, the same case. system. I think with uh, Matt, I mean, he needs to drill this thing out, build his inventory up so he, he gets some scale and, uh, uh, you know, before he looks at the development options. And I know it comes down to money and dilution for existing shareholders like yourself. So there's a balance there. But I, I think he needs to build up a meaningful inventory before mm. he goes the next step. So, you know, I think... Uh, uh, they had just over a couple of million bucks in the banks. So, uh, you know, uh, obviously they may need to uh, uh, revisit that uh, at some stage and replenish and uh, then drill the shit out of it and uh, go hard on the drilling to maximise the resource and uh, uh, then you can start looking at your development options. So, um, But, you know, as TK said, looking at the neighbouring uh, resources and the scale of those resources, grade and scale, it's... Uh, you know, the potential's enormous. Um, it's just how to maximise the value for the dollar that you've got. Mm. And then you can go over and help him mine it, mate. 
Yeah, I was thinking I'll go train the bloody jump operators. <laughs> yeah. They're retired on me. I said, well, if he doesn't make it happen, I'm never talking to him again. So, buddy. <laughs> right, we'll finish off with the bloody um, – here's like, a, a funny a segment I thought of, just in light of the BHP Oz Minerals takeover oh, thanks thing. Thanks for the reminder. Here's – give me, a each of you, a predicted – Takeover or merger, you could see happening in the next couple of years. <laughs> oh, it's very. I, I emailed it to you. You obviously oh, did didn't you? tell oh, me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll go first. Uh, for me, it's a Musgrave Minerals, <laughs> um, and I think Jake Klein or others might be interested in that company in the next twelve months. Musgrave Mill, give us a bit of context. Who is it? Well, it's a local company run by Rob War, who's ex WMC. Yep. Um, yeah, they've got a joint venture with with Evolution, but they've also got their own ground and they've had some cracking results. Um, About a 900,000 ounce resource. 900,000 yeah. ounce resource. Yeah. Uh, really well run, technically sound. Uh, for me, that's uh, in the gold space. That's yep. one one of the ones I think. I'm going to get in before Andy. I'm going to go Oz Gold, which oh. is probably what he was going to say. But the fact that they've got a reserve, and it's 1.2 million ounces, so it's a meaningful reserve. And uh, I think it's, it, it, you know, that the, uh, the project fits the parameters of what would appeal to a mid-cap mid producer. And there's, you know, there's plenty of them around in WA looking for a second, maybe third, maybe what, fourth project. Yeah. I reckon it's a nice little add-on. And, you know, with that 225 mil capex, someone can come in and build that perhaps for, you know, 20% cheaper, I don't know. But uh, that's my pick. There you go. Right, I'm, I'm going a left field one, Gen Min Mining. Oh, Ooh, yes, yes, and I think I agree with you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that whoopee cushion? Gabon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do declare an interest. In <laughs> Gabon Iron Ore, um, run by Joe Reedy, uh, and they have been working away on this project for probably eight years. Uh, flies beneath the radar. They are coming out with a – they just did a cracking deal where they sold 1% – Revenue uh, sales revenue on the first 75 million tonnes of production um, to Anglo for US $10 million. They've got an option of buying that back. They are in the next month, oh, sorry, the next this quarter will be decking their maiden PFS. And I think you will see a project capable of producing five going to 10 million tonnes of, of iron ore at sort of circa 50 bucks a tonne. Um, you've got Anglo, they've done MOUs with the Chinese. Um, Tembo is a major shareholder with 60% and they've been there since 2012. Um, Joe Reedy, who runs it, has had three previous takeovers. So, um, And I think fair to say that uh, Fortescue have now started to negotiate. Yeah, Fortescue are, are, yep. are pretty active in Gabon with yep. with an old um, with with one a state-owned project. Yeah, there and non-Aussie. Really, iron Non-Aussie. Oil. So that whole thematic of the Chinese wanting non-Aussie yeah. iron ore. So anyway. Mm. The normal disclaimers apply, there of course. Yeah. Well, I've got, You're I've a North got, Melbourne supporter. <laughs> I've got a bloody this now. This is left field, but hear me out. And bloody, if you think it's actually going to happen, just don't say anything because you might would know. Um, I look at like like un, the underground mining contracting industry and mm. the, all that, the synergies and everything. So like you know, Pit and Portal got bought out by Emico, Pi Bar got bought out by a coal mining company over east, and that. And as you said, there's a big theme for mergers and reducing costs and bloody uh, the whole synergy side of things. And based on the fact that Mineral Resources is a 15% shareholder of Develop, I reckon Mineral Resources will one day take over Develop oh, and create yeah. an, a surface and underground mining powerhouse. Behemoth. 
Behemoth. <laughs> That's my long-term prediction. Well, Good call. Well done. We hope that happens too. <laughs> yeah, so do I. <laughs> There's bloody four farts going on right here, buddy. <laughs> Better open the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that was my uh, I've always okay. I've always thought that, mm. but it bloody makes sense. Yeah, there you go. Time oh, will tell. I better turn it off before information gets leaked. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. Right, thanks, lads. Right. As always, cheers, Matty. Cheers, man. Cheers. Cheers.